I'm Chrissy. And I'm Michelle. I read the Willow Time books. And I didn't. And we're watching the Willow Time TV series together. Each week we will break down an episode of the Wheel of Time TV series. We're the Willow Time Watchers. Welcome back to our podcast. Today we're going to talk about episode four of the Wheel of Time Amazon Prime TV series. The Dragon, the Dragon Reborn. Reborn. Wow, we did not mean to sync that up. <laughs> I just forgot the name of the episode. I could tell. I thought I'd back you up, and then we said it at the same time. <laughs> when I first saw the title of this episode, I was like, are they already going to reveal who the Dragon Me Reborn too. is? I was like, wow, that was fast. And I'm glad they did not. Okay. Well, um, it makes I, you think, though. It does make you think. The title was intentional. And I think I think it was mostly because it was about Loghain. Like, I think because he's saying he's the dragon. Yeah, reborn. the heart of this whole episode was the story of Loghain. And we also get to see more about the Aes Sedai, the different mm-hmm. Ajas. I was going to say, before the episode starts, I don't know if you noticed the intro. Hmm. Did you watch the whole thing? Because oh, it seems like they keep adding to it. Because oh. on this intro, it's the same, the threads are weaving, they're pulling apart, and then they're coming together. And it's like, you can see almost it's like a loom oh. and it weaves this tapestry and it's they're, they're showing each it? individual is it called aja yeah each one so you see like a tapestry of the each aja and then at the end they're in a circle yeah of all and it shows all the ajas i think it had blue i don't know all the colors I, but it, it seemed like it had blue white yellow green red and black no it would and be maybe a brown be, one it would be brown white blue red yeah. yellow and green. green. Yeah. There was a lady in black. Or maybe it was... Yeah. Was there? I think so. Oh, this is the fabled black Aja. Oh. Just a rumor. Okay. I didn't notice that they added to it. I did I did watch the intro because I think it's really beautiful. But I didn't notice the addition to it. Before it was just weaves of threads, right? Mm-hmm. And then it just swirls into the... It showed... No, it showed the ladies in the Ajas. It did? Yeah. Oh. Wow. I completely missed it. Yeah, no, they've done that since the second episode. Okay. Apparently, when I see an intro and I see that skip intro button, I just immediately click it. <laughs> I really like the intro, and I was going to click it automatically this last episode four, and I was like, no, I like it. So it's, I'm going to watch it again. It, now that I've actually watched it, it's actually it's pretty beautiful. cool. It I is. think it's beautiful. And then the way it weaves is, you know, the wheel weaving, you know? Yeah, right. Yeah. You can catch that. It's kind of obvious. And I don't everything know how is a tapestry. Tell. Yes. It's making me so happy. Um, there's something else I want to say. You mentioned how this showed you more of the Aes Sedai. So when we last recorded, I said, I don't know why they're showing the story of Loghain. And now that I've watched it, I understand why. Because we finally get to see how he was captured and see the story instead of it just being like a rumor. Like I said in the books, they mm-hmm. just kind of say, Loghain's been captured. And we don't really get to see that battle. So it was a good opportunity to show some cool fight scenes. Mm-hmm. And we get to learn a little bit more about Aes Sedai. Because in book one, the only Aes Sedai we meet is Moraine. Okay. And we don't learn a whole lot about them until like book two and even into book three. So do you think they're kind of mixing books books here or they're... I think they're trying to get the lore out mm-hmm. and they're finding ways to do that. And looking for things like this and kind of cre- adding to the story in a way. Because mm-hmm. Moraine and them don't meet up with Loghain and the capturers. At all. They're not a part of that story. No, but I'm actually, after watching the episode, 
I'm glad they added it. You I, liked it. I liked way. it. Yeah, I liked it a lot. How did you? I really enjoyed this episode. So, like, how did you feel about it overall? I thought I thought it. I agree with you. They were bringing in a lot of the lore, which I really love. I love different worlds and learning all their history and mm-hmm. all their little rules. So I I really like this episode, and you get so you get to see some of the Ajas, you get to to learn about the Warders a little bit more, and and again you get more backstory when with Tom and his story, and we got a lot of backstory on a little bit. I feel like learn a little bit more about who Moraine is and Lan is exactly. And yeah, the the world building here, the mm-hmm. world that Robert Jordan created. I think that's why I love these books so much, and the characters obviously, but the world is just so robust and mm-hmm. he just has thousands of years of lore somehow built and i don't know how people do that i don't either i always like i could write a book no 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 it might be a very superficial book yes <laughs> or i would have to spend years and years and years just building up that that world it's crazy but before we get even further into the episode i did want to bring up some twitter um so i've been off twitter since the series started it was indirect I didn't intend to, but I got a new phone, and I didn't install the social media apps, you know? Mm-hmm. So to. I've been trying to stay off anyway afterwards. I'm like, I don't want to know what other people are thinking, so I didn't want to taint my view mm-hmm. of the world. Right. So, but then we have our own Twitter, and I realize we're not using hashtags or tagging anybody. I have never had a Twitter account. I just barely started using Instagram, and all I do is post a picture once in a while. So, and I, I am aware of hashtags. I but I, I, didn't, I didn't realize that they are kind of like tags. It's a search. For a search. Yeah. I, I knew about them. I don't use them either because all I do is post a I random had... picture every like month or so. But I know about them. So I was like, ooh, what hashtag should we start using on our social media? Mm-hmm. And I figured out Tom, hashtag Tom, would have been a great one to use on the last episode. But hashtag Nynaeve was really hot after this episode. Well, after watching it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I I was kind of went down this hashtag naive Twitter hole, and I was learning a lot of people are enjoying this show as much as I am. A lot of fans. People who have read the books? Yeah, I think people who have read the books and who have not, it seemed like a, there are a lot of positive things to say, and that, that made me happy. Cause That's I'm like, cool. oh, good, I'm really enjoying it, too. Yeah. Um, but anyway, on this journey through hashtag naive, I discovered this one lady named Sarah E. Nakamura, um, and apparently she's like this super fan who has read the of, of the Wheel of Time and has read the series more than 30 times. Oh, wow. So she's beat me. Uh-huh. I think I've read it like 10. Um, but she was hired on in 2018 to help adapt the books oh, really? into the show. What? I thought that was really cool that they found this like super fan. And they're using and them they're using to her. make sure... Hopefully yeah. they're they're consulting her and saying, would this make you angry? Yeah, if it we sounds like it. This? I can't remember if I read it in uh, what on a website or on Twitter somewhere, but basically she told the story of how um, Rafe is it Rafe? Yes, Judkins and his team had come up with this great idea, and they thought they had figured it out, and then they consulted with her because she's their research consultant, and yeah. she was like, that they could be- to hell just by her face. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't do it. So they had to go back to the drawing board, and that made me feel like. That's the cool. The fans, the people who love the series are working behind the scenes on it. It makes me feel good about it. Well, that's cool that the people who are the showrunner and their team are actually taking the book fans into consideration. And it turns out Rafe Judkins is a book fan. Because I was like, how, why is this guy the showrunner? And I did do a little bit of research on him. And yeah. I guess he's been a longtime fan. And that's one of the reasons why they picked him as a showrunner and a writer. 
in the series because he does care about the world too. I did see a tweet where he was saying he recommends starting at what's the first book? Um, the prologue or the book? No, book. he said the first book instead yeah. of the prologue. Don't so the prologue. it sounded like he had actually read the books, which is unique, I think, for someone who's actually doing a show. And I like that. I like that too. And there's and Robert Jordan's wife is in on consulting. That's cool. Yeah, we were wondering about Brandon that. Brandon Sanderson also is there, the guy who finished the series right. after Robert Jordan passed away. So they have all these like people with knowledge and fandoms coming together to create it. That's and cool. And I think it's working. I. It sounds like it's not angering you too much. Not too much. <laughs> I mean, there's some little things that are kind of like, ugh, why? But mostly, I think they're keeping true to the heart of the story. That's good. And I'm enjoying that. Speaking of Twitter, I just wanted to say that we were so excited when we discovered that we have one follower, Jeremiah. We wanted to say thank you for your sweet comment about the podcast. It's so nice to know that people are out there listening. I know. Um, We're doing this kind of just for ourselves because it's so fun. But, I mean, we like that people are actually It feels good. It really made our day. Like, it didn't just make one day. It made multiple days. Every time I thought about it, it was like, yay. There's someone out there. There's lots of someones, we hope. We hope. Um, and then we had a second follower. It's Abby B. So thanks for following us. Um, we, again, are at WOT Watchers Pod. Yes. At Twitter. And WOT Watchers Podcast on Instagram. And then our Gmail is WOT Watchers Podcast at gmail.com. If we miss anything, which I'm sure we are missing. There's so much we're missing. Um, There's just so much. Let us know if you want to hear us do anything different. Yeah. Or leave a review. And in, on your review, if you like think there's something we can do to improve, tell us. Yes, and we'll please. definitely take that into consideration. And we'll give some shout outs to our new followers. Yes. I gave you a thumbs up. You can't see it, but I did. <laughs> and now let's get started on episode four. Officially. Okay, let's get into it. The Dragon Reborn. The we dragon begin reborn. in Gaeldon. Gaeldon. I think I wrote how to. Yeah. Gaeldon. Gaeldon. I, I did it phonetically. <laughs> All the names of these book series, and this is one of them where I'm not clear on the pronunciation, and I just started the audiobooks. I'm actually on book three in the audiobooks. Um, and I'm hearing the correct pronunciation. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, I've been saying that wrong in my head this whole time. So Sorry. I'm sure I'm going to mispronounce the ones I have not yet heard in my audiobook. <laughs> I've been practicing. Gaeldon. Yes. Is this the Samurai City that we no. saw in the trailer? Okay. No, it's this not. This is something completely different. Yeah. I think this... this is to the south. Okay. It seemed like a lot of the people there were in Crusader garb. I was garb. thinking they were more like Middle Eastern style. Yeah. That's why I was thinking Crusaders because they had that same armor. Yes. Yeah. And then we see um, men fleeing and saying, his armies are here. And we and then we see the cage dude. Yeah. And we don't know his name yet, right? Well, they don't show him in the... Oh, because yeah. he's not caged. No, they have not really revealed who was in the cage. But he's weaving. He's And I noticed that his channeling, his mm-hmm. little weaves, are, are black colored. So and I wondered if that is because he's a man... If you look closely, it starts white, but then this darkness kind of overtakes the white. And you can, even while he's weaving with the darkness, you can still see the white kind of inside of it. Yes. So that would be the taint on top of the pure whiteness of the one color. And that's why I thought that was a really cool detail to make the white and black 
meld together, together and you can say they're like almost like threads that they're weaving right and you can visually see the the taint um and then i also think i noticed about his channeling hmm. he didn't really use his hands much like the eyes that i oh, are yeah. like whoosh, whooshing about their arms and then he just kind of just flexed his hands a little mm-hmm. i don't know if that's like a male versus female thing or a trained Aes Sedai versus an untrained Aes Sedai thing. Maybe they just wanted that to be his style of, of channeling. Of channeling. It just because his character is a little more dark and I don't be. I don't know. Or maybe it just looks really cool when the, the Aes Sedai are just throwing their hands about all fancy like. Yeah. <laughs> it does look pretty neat. Then let's see Loghain, as we learn his name, is chasing this guy who turns out to be the king of Gaeldon. Oh, is um, he the king? I didn't. Name. He, I'll, I'll, he said he said you will never wear the silver crown, but I didn't get that he was the king. Yeah, these two guards are like, uh, run my king. Oh so, no, I completely missed yeah, that. He was the king. Okay. And then he has that little scene where the black shapes start. Yeah, it's his like ears. the shape of a woman, and it's a woman's voice. I watch the show with captions on, and you can't see the form of the woman when she first talking mm-hmm. is talking. They say her name. In the caption, and it's Alusha. Does that sound? Name has no meaning to me. Okay. (laughs) As far as I can remember, like I said, I'm only reread the book three now, so it might be a name brought up later on. Right. It doesn't sound that familiar though. I just thought it was, but they didn't. They didn't say the the guy's name because there's a woman talking to him, and they're egging him on. They're they want him to Mm -hmm. to kill the king. Um, they she's I think she mentions that he's gonna betray him. Yeah, like his brother and his parents. I assume that had something to do with him being a channeler, and his parents probably were like, hey, he's a channeler. Get over here, I said I. Take care of this. Because mm-hmm. you don't want a male channeler near you. Does he? Is he the one that says that I said I are afraid of the dragon? I think so. Because the, the dragon's going to break the world, yeah. but he wants to bind the bind world. Bind it, yes. I plan to bind it. So when he said that, it made me think, why isn't he going straight to the Aes Sedai and saying, I think I'm the dragon reborn. He, I know that he's, he's amassing this army, getting all these followers. And then at one point later in the episode, they say that he marched on the tower. Why didn't he go to the Aes Sedai and say, I think I'm the dragon reborn and I want to help you guys instead of destroying you. One, he's a male channeler. So he's going to go mad. He has this taint. He knows this. Does everyone everyone know this? this. Everyone knows that if you're you're a man, man, and you can channel, You'll you're going to go crazy. I like okay. how we keep syncing up today. I know. <laughs> <laughs> We're in sync. Yes, everybody knows this. Um, and two, I, like you said, they fear him. I don't think he wants to take the risk of showing up and saying, hey. So his I'm, idea is, I'm going to destroy the Aes Sedai. I think it was more, I'm going to get an army, be powerful and fearful enough and strong enough that when I do approach the Aes Sedai, they'll be on my side. It's a flawed plan. It kind of, yeah. But maybe he does want to destroy the tower. Um, because it's not like he wants them to follow him. That could be his plan. Yeah. Because he, he's he's going to try to get this dude to follow him because he mm-hmm. heals him instead of killing him. And Yeah, we get a little bit of his, his motivation, Loghain's motivation to bind the world and get people to follow him and not like have fear him necessarily, which is why he heals him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it was an interesting term to say bind the world. Like, is he mean bind it as in heal the world or bind it as in control, control it? it. And I was like, that was kind of ambiguous. Yeah. Word choice there. Because they always say the dragon's going to break the world or save the world. Yeah. And he, instead of him saying, I save the world, he said bind. 
Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I honestly don't remember a whole lot about Loghain, so I almost feel like I'm relearning his character in, in through these um through the series. I was gonna ask you, does he show up this early? And is he in the first book? He's in the first book. And does his story begin and end in the first book? It all we really learn about him in the first book is he is a false dragon. Mm -hmm. He gets captured by Aes Sedai. They do show him in a cage in the book. As viewed through some of the Edmund Fielder's eyes. I'm not going to say who because mm -hmm. I don't know what's going to happen later on. Um, but that's about it in book one. He get, he was traveling in a cage. And that's all we really know about him. In book two, he shows up again mm -hmm. briefly. But again, we're not really getting his backstory yet. And I don't remember when it happens. So I don't. There's so many characters in this mm -hmm. story. It's hard to keep track of them all. While Loghain is an important character. I don't remember it. It's been a while since I reread the series. Right. Which is why I'm rereading it again. Yep. So I can be a little bit more knowledgeable. Uh, another question I had about this whole, the men going mad. They, so they, the Dragon Reborn could be a male or female. Mm -hmm. So are we to assume that if it's a male, he's going to go mad. He's, he's going to break the world. There's, or the Aes Sedai trying to see if they can turn him. If he's going to go think, mad, there's nothing they can do, right? So yeah. if the Dragon Reborn is a male, like Rand or Matt or Perrin, Perrin. wouldn't more Rand just want to off them right then? I don't they, know, because if once you learn about the Corinthian cycle, I think that's how you pronounce it, that's the prophecy of the Dragon Reborn, um, the Dragon Reborn must be at the last battle. Oh, yes. They mentioned this in this episode, the, one of the Ajas brings Yeah, that he up. has to be at the last battle. So I think it's less of a... Um, gentle him or destroy him if it's male it's more control him if he's mm -hmm. male and if it's female hopefully they're on your side in the dark one because the dark one's still trying to get the black, right. black the, the black dragon the dragon reborn so if the dark one's trying to get the dragon reborn you can still turn them evil um you'll learn that some Aes Sedai in the age of legends did serve the dark one oh, male okay. and female um so it could happen either way whether it's male or female destroy the world or save the world the next thing that actually happens is um, Nynaeve, Lan and Moraine in the Aes Sedai camp um, and the very first thing I noticed was Nynaeve was keeping herself on the outside of the camp yeah she was like up in the rocks yeah didn't really want to join in which kind of showed her distrust of the Aes Sedai I thought yes so the Moraine's being healed um, I noticed that she healed her really quickly and mm -hmm. I know that you had mentioned that it's such a strain on them that it could take days to heal. It, that she, it took days for her to heal Rand's dad. It wasn't days. It was a long period of time, though. It wasn't like a few seconds. It was like an hour or something right. like that. So, yeah, it can take a while depending on the wound. And this is a Trolloc wound. She's poisoned. But, like, Rand's dad's wound was healed so fast. I think they're just speeding up the yeah. process well, yeah. for us. That's good. <laughs> um, what I saw notice about when Moraine was being healed, I liked how the weave... Was Corinne? Yes. I think that was the name of the, the green. Mm -hmm. um, the weave was coming from her chest. And I thought that was a really cool thing that, like, she's almost like giving herself to Moraine to heal her. Yes. They're like showing that connection. Um, the only thing about the being healed part was uh, I remember Moraine in the first book says, The strength comes as much from you as from me. So both parties should be kind of pooped. At the end of it. At the end of it, because both of them are like contributing to the healing of the body. And Moraine kind of just pops up and, like, I'm good to go. 
And she mentions that, uh, Karine, that she shouldn't be as drained as she is because she just like gave it's us a heavy a... sigh. Yeah. Because it's just a simple wound, but it's she she did she mentions that it's not the healing that's draining her; it's having to deal with this dragon yeah. reborn. So I think we immediately get to see yeah they jump straight into the the cave right and we see Logan in the sh- in the cage being shielded yes and they start talking about how it takes two Aes Sedai these trained women who are like master channelers to shield him meaning I got the meaning to to be that they're blocking him from using yeah. his powers and then Moraine's like okay let me have a go at it even though she just got <laughs> and healed like, and she was break. almost dying calm down that's yeah. what i was thinking too but I, again they have to speed this up yeah so. and i think also they want to show like how powerful he was it if they uh who was it leandrian one of them said like only we are strong enough to shield him so yes. the strongest of the Aes Sedai takes two of the strongest to shield yeah game to show his strength off um i thought that was pretty significant there they I think they gave a little bit more backstory about Loghain that this is the Loghain of the Loghain's war, right? Yeah. That that all the villagers are mentioning this Mm -hmm. war in the south. Yes. And that he has thousands of followers now. He um, conquered, they said, half of Gaelden. Yeah. Yeah. I said it right. Okay. And I think uh, Moraine talked, she was talking to Leandrin about how did you guys get, how did you capture him? And I thought this conversation was significant because Leandrin is talking about how, oh, this we planned this. You would have loved it because you're a sneaky little spy. Yeah. Because <laughs> we snuck in in the night and shielded him while he was sleeping. So you get the feeling that she doesn't like Moraine. Oh, yeah. She doesn't really like the blue Aja. And she she talks about it again. But yeah, it comes up again. Yes. That she thinks they're spies and these sneaky little devils. Yeah. So we, we're getting to know what each of the Ajas do. Which is one of the main reasons I think I like this episode besides the end, which we'll get to. A tiny side note also I was noticing. They paid a lot of great detail to the characters. So Leandrin in the book has her hair in lots of braids, and they had little braids in Leandrin's hair. Yeah, I did notice. And she I had a lot hair. of little ones, um, and I was like, "Ooh, they got that little detail." And then Alana has bells in her hair. I don't know if you noticed, but she had little bells in her hair. I didn't notice on the back of her head these little bells, and I was like, "Oh, they got all these just the tiniest little details like that is what makes it more special." Yeah, that's for us cool. Little book lovers like that. I always wonder why they style characters differently when you have all of this information already and robert jordan gives great detail to costume i have a lot to work with yeah and i'm glad they're following just the littlest things like that oh and they also mention that he tried to march on the tower already is what they said i think i missed that conversation and well they were just saying that they scared the army away his army away um and Leandrin, she's like, he already marched on the tower. We need to gentle him. He doesn't deserve a trial. Um, and and uh, what's her name? Karine. Karine. She's she's said that the Amarlin wants a trial at the tower, and that she's the one who gets to decide what happens to him. So kind of showing the power struggle between the Aes Sedai within the tower. They're not all like besties. Mm-hmm. They're all fighting for power and prestige and whatever in the world. I did want to mention, because we do have a lot of new faces in this episode, that 
I looked up the actors. Um, Leandrin, her name is Kate Fleetwood. She was she's not in a lot of things. Um, she was in Victoria. She was in one of the Star Wars movies. And yeah, I don't recognize her. I think she has such striking features. Yeah. I think she's beautiful. I thought she, she. I thought I recognized her from somewhere, but I don't think it would have been from either of those. Um, but she. She's also a theater actress. I think they are all really good actors. Yeah. Um, and then Alana Masvani. That's the green Aja. Yeah, the green. She's played by Priyanka Bose. And she. the only thing I recognized that she was in was Lion. She played the kid's mother. I don't think I've heard of Lion. I, I watched that one. It was a good one. Um, and then Claire Perkins plays Karine. And she's. it looked like she was just in a bunch of BBC. BBC stuff that I hadn't seen, but I, I, as I was looking up them up, I was like, these are mostly unknown actors with, you know, they've been in a lot of different things, but nothing and really I like that, like yeah, I like that you don't know these actors, I think we talked about that before, and but I hope it stays that way, it even as like it, it gets popular. They keep it, like, low-key actors, yes. and kind of give them some exposure too and they're all like you said great actors and they're bringing the characters to life they're doing a really good job of capturing these characters in the books and bringing them to the screen it makes me again very joyful <laughs> i noticed um that they also aren't like super hollywood glamming these people up yes they're not the the typical this Long is a leading woman eye. yeah they all, they're all different sizes, and they're all, mm-hmm. I, I think at the end I said, at the end of this episode, I said, oh, they've got ugly people in this show. <laughs> Which is, it's important. and I, when I say ugly, I mean normal people yeah. who look like us, because usually you have these beautiful actors. You can never aspire to look that good. Yeah. Even on your best day. And I remember movies back in the day, they were normal looking people. Yeah. Some of them were ugly people. And it made it seem more real, and I like that. Yeah, they're not glammed up either. Their hair is messy. They have no makeup on. Exactly. They're kind of average looking, although I think a lot of them are really beautiful. Average. Yeah, but they're... They're not Hollywood glamorous. Yeah, exactly, and I like that. I like that, too. It's very believable. Um, And then I think anything else important to mention about this, uh, I think we talked about the power struggle. Leandrin is gaining power within the camp. Um, Mm -hmm. Too gentle to gain. Um. And Karene, it looks like, is losing power. So the Aes Sedai, they, like, the more powerful you are, the more, like, like you become more of a leader. Mm-hmm. So those are, the, like, the two leaders of the Aja, it sounds like. And they're kind of battling to keep control of the camp. Mm-hmm. And Leandrin is winning. After we learn a little bit more about these Ajas and the power struggles, we get to see the warders now and learn a little bit about their dynamics um, with Lan and Stefan sparring. Yes. And, and Stefan mentions, because Lan asked him how the how it's going in the at the White Tower, mm-hmm. and he said there there's more problems and fewer Aes Sedai. Yeah. So it sounds like their group is kind of dwindling a little bit, or maybe... They're finding fewer and fewer women who can channel or mm-hmm. who want to become Aes Sedai, basically. Yeah. So that was interesting. And then... And... Stepin says something about the Amarlin seat, right? Yeah, that she's not, she. He mentions that she, it sounded like she doesn't like she's not a fan of Moraine, and that she was wanting to go. She was so mad about their little quest that she was wanting to go get them herself. Dragging them back. Yeah, 
So apparently she hasn't condoned Moraine searching for the, these possible Dragon Reborn. I don't know why that is. Well, I mean, remember, the Blue Aja, according to Leandrin, are like spies and sneaky. And they kind of work behind the scenes to pull the strings of nations. But you think the Amaralyn Sea is their leader, so she's the one telling them what to do. Mm-hmm. So I got the feeling that she was she sent Maureen out to do this. But apparently they do things on their own. Yeah, they can go off on their own little quests and do their own little things. Although the Amaralyn should know about most things. She's the Amaralyn Seat. Yeah. All powerful. Well... Next, we see Stefan and Corinne. They're they're talking, and you're getting more of a feel of what the Warder Aes Sedai bond, re- bond is. is. And it's kind of weird to me because it seems like it's really like we're a couple, like a traditional couple that like we think of, even though they say the bond is stronger than a, even a man and wife. Yeah, because they're chatting about Moraine and how she's. Super aloof and really quiet, and she sounds like she doesn't have a lot of friends. I don't know if that's just like a blue Aja thing, but I think that's or more of a Moraine. That's a Moraine thing. And um, and lands basically the same way. Yeah, he did mention that, and uh, they talk a little, they chat a little bit how Leandrin wants to gentle Loghain without the tri- the trial, and she's gaining more favor, like you yeah. said, and um. I just thought it was funny. I think I wrote down something like, it reminds me of when you go out to dinner with a couple and then you, on the ride home, you start <laughs> talking, talking about, talking about them. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, well, I, I, I think I, I kind of giggled at that scene too, especially when you said, imagine their dinners. Yes. How quiet they are. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, they're like tosh, trash talking them. <laughs> now we're at the Tinker Camp. Mm-hmm. Oh, first thing I noticed, yellow cart. Finally, some color. Yeah. I saw that, too, and I thought, is that, you know, ugly enough for her? <laughs> I, th- I still think it looks Honestly, nice. It could have been a little uglier. I think so. There, a few of the, the carts look a little drab. There's a few red and yellow carts, and their outfits were somewhat colorful. Um, my biggest complaint about the Tinker so far. Um, and Aram is talking to Egwene and Perrin um, about where they're headed, which apparently they're going to... Tarvalon. He said Tarvalon. Am I even saying it wrong, or is he just saying it with? I think Tarvalon sounds. I like Tarvalon. That's just the way I say it, I guess. Uh, Is this also the scene where Egwene mentions that if parent, if either of them want to leave this hippie camp, just say the word. Yeah, they're out. No questions asked. We're going. We're leaving. But they just choose to travel with them because you know food. (laughs) (laughs) And they apparently don't have horses. I realized this when they started walking away on foot. I'm like, oh my gosh, where's Bella? Oh, should she be here by now? Yes, Bella should be with, with Egwene. They should be reunited already. Oh, no. And they had one horse, Bella. And I remember in the book, Egwene kept making Perrin ride on Bella, like take turns riding. Because mm-hmm. she said, we girls can't just, like, I can't just sit here while you do all the walking. Yeah. They kind of were butting heads over that because Perrin was like, no, you're the lady. You mm-hmm. sit upon the horse. And she's like, no, that's stupid. Um, and I, I just realized there was no Bella here. Which made me a little sad. Well, hopefully they bring her back. They have to. For Bella fans. The Bella fans will unite and destroy the show. (laughs) We need Bella. That's all I really took away from the scene. Um, Oh, and now they're all heading to Tarvalin together with the Tinkers. Um, And what did you take away from this scene? Anything I missed? No. No? Yeah, it was a very short clip with them. I think their story is the least exciting right now. Right. So they're kind of just doing short, short little clips here. Such 
children coming. We hear our children coming. We are hiding in the closet recording right now. And if you hear random screams, it's our children playing together. So ignore that. <laughs> in a professional recording studio in the closet. Mm-hmm. Every now and then you hear something. And then we're, oh, we should get also get a really short scene next of um, Tom, Matt, and Ran riding along on horses. Another really short clip. Isn't this when they meet the... Not yet, because... They find the barn? No, this is before when... Um, no. Oh, like, I... hurry along, fellas. And Rand's like, why are we following this random gleam yeah, that we just met? Yeah, Rand's suspicious of Tom and, and Matt's... He's... They had their little bonding moment in the yeah. last episode, so he's defending him. And he said... Was it him or Rand that says... Matt. I think I know what you're going to say. Yes. He said that Tom said the dragon could be one of... Five no, not us. Tom said that. Dana, was it Dana, the dark friend, said this. She's like, remember, I see you in my oh, dream. Oh, yes, yes, yes. All yes. five of it you. It was Dana. It was Dana. And Matt was like, five? There's only me, you, Perrin, and Egwene. And I forgot, they don't know 90 is alive. And then they jump back to um, Loghain. So it makes you think that the one that uh, Matt, or maybe we're just supposed to assume that the fifth one is Loghain. Oh. I think that's why they did it that way. Okay, I just automatically was like, it's Nynaeve. Because, you know, they didn't know Nynaeve was alive at this point. But you're right, it could have been some clever editing there. I think that's what they were trying to lead us to, was that it was Loghain's possibly the fifth one. Yeah, and that's probably why they titled this The Dragon Reborn as well. To create some more mystery. And, oh, well, one other note before we move on to the next scene. I loved how muddy and dirty the boys were in the scene. Yeah. It looked like they really, truly had ran through a village, splashing up mud, and they hadn't had time to take a breath and clean up yet. Yes. I like that they keep doing that, that they're keeping it really realistic. And again, a short scene before we go back to the main story of Loghain and Moraine. This one's with Alana, right? Yeah, Moraine and and Moraine, they're shielding him. They mentioned that women can't see men's weaves. Yeah, and it goes both ways. So men can't see women's weaves, and women can't see men's weaves. They can kind of feel it in a way, like if you're like pushing on them, mm-hmm. but more as a, like a pressure. They can't literally see it. And you were you mentioned that when with that battle with Lana Marine and how he was going through her weaves because he can't see them. Yeah. But so it's just the men. Any woman who isn't a channeler can see them. No. Okay. Only channelers can see each other's weaves. So okay. Like if, um. Yeah. I thought that was they. They give a lot of great in- information in this episode. They somehow wove it into it so well. As if they were weavers. Ho 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 ho. So Alana and Maureen's conversation. They're talking more about the Ajas again. Yeah. Um. I think. Moraine mentioned that, oh, you're trying to get some info out of me. And yeah. Alana said, uh, or no, Moraine said, you could have been a Blue Aja. So, yeah. again, you get the idea that these Blue Ajas are, um, like, what do they call the military? Intelligence oh, intelligence, officers. That's better yeah. than spies. They're not really, like, spies. But I like intelligence officers yes. better. That makes and more sense. I think Alana says, oh, one mortar would never do. So, apparently, they're the polygamy, the green girls. Like... <laughs> Multiple warders. More than one warder, yeah. Um, and they're also battle Ajas. Yeah. I like that name, the battle Aja. Um, I don't think they are all, like, 
intimate with their warders. I think that's just... I was going to ask you about yeah, that later. Yeah, I'm pretty Will... sure, like, they are, some are, but you don't need to be, mm-hmm. right? Although they're making it seem like you do need to be. Yes. When, when we get to that warder scene, I have lots of questions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but in, in this scene, we, do, we get a lot of uh, information about how at the end of this age, there's going to be a battle. Yeah. And... Uh, that's what the battle ajas are. That's what their little their group is about. It's training to to fight at this battle, and she says that she's never seen anyone as strong as Loghain. So she's wondering if this is the dragon reborn. Don't we want his power on our side? Yeah, we should not gentle him because what if we gentle him, take his power away, and then we don't have this this whole resource in very our battle? Controversial, just so you know. Oh, really? Yeah, because. It's like he, the the they're saying that Loghain, like how do I want to put this? The dragon reborn could break the world, mm-hmm. and basically no one really wants the dragon reborn around, even Aes Sedai. Mm-hmm. So they would gentle the dragon reborn or still the dragon reborn or whatever. Um, but they need, but they know they need. It. It's kind of weird, but basically you don't want to be helping the dragon reborn. Okay. No one would. No one would admit to be helping the Dragon Reborn, which is why the Amar Munseet might want Lorraine back. Instead of finding the Dragon Reborn? Yeah, you don't want to find the Dragon Reborn, and if you so do, this is just... get rid of the Dragon Reborn. Okay. Like So that's why the, this conversation is super controversial. But who's going to save the world, then? Exactly. It's not him. I know. It's kind it's of really weird. confusing. It is confusing. Um, And also, at the that first scene with Loghain back in the... Um, town or not the town the city where Mm -hmm. he's talking to the king he said that when he mentions breaking the world he says that the aja or the Aes Sedai are afraid that I'm gonna the dragon reborn will bring us back a thousand years yeah meaning so when because when they say break the world I'm like I don't know what they're meaning but it sounds like it's let me give you the background I think are you gonna be giving stuff away that no. we will find I'm out later? Pretty sure it's nothing big, other than like it was. The, if you look at watch the X ray, they talk about the Age of Legends, mm-hmm. and it was like this great age where we were all like doing awesome, and technology was flourishing, mm-hmm. and magic was flourishing, or whatever. Um, and he broke the world, as in not just not just him, but him and basically the other male channel- ch- channelers because they all went mad mm-hmm. because of the taints. Yes. They all go crazy. And they basically, like, blow up the world and destroy all these buildings and all of this uh, knowledge, like, books are burned. Right. Uh, the land is shifted so dramatically you don't even recognize it anymore. And cultures and cities were spread apart across. Mm-hmm. So... That's what they mean by break the world. And it's the end of the age. Yeah, and, and it's almost like the dark begins. ages again because they have none of what they used to have and these people got to start over from scratch. Okay. So that was interesting because they're, I mean, you say break the world, you think it's going to be the end of the world, but what does that really mean and what does that look like? Um. Oh, and then it goes to Leandrin and Nynaeve. Like, yeah, it's it's actually Nynaeve. She's, you know, up in her rocks, chilling up there alone. And Leandrin comes to talk to her. And it's almost like she's, she, I think it was, this is just that really short scene yeah. where she's, she's um, trying to get some information out of Nynaeve. And then Nynaeve says, well, I'm going to be asking the questions here. And how long have you known Moraine? And yeah. Leandrin's like, oh yeah, let me, 
dish up some gossip to you yeah. because I'm thinking she's wanting to to bring her into to her, her fold. fold. Yeah, yeah, and also I think she's trying to get some info on Moraine and what Moraine's yes. up to because Moraine's so sneaky and secretive. Exactly. So she's trying to grill Nynaeve, but Nynaeve kind of takes over the convers- conversation. Um, I love how unafraid Nynaeve is, which is true to her character. Like, she always stood up to the Aes Sedai and never really, like, like bowed down before them like everyone else does. Mm-hmm. She was always in their face and kind of getting in trouble for that. Um, and then we go straight to back to, to Matt, Tom, and Rand. This is when they're looking for a place to sleep, right? Yeah, they find the barn, and then uh, this guy shows up with a bow He's telling them, basically, I'm going to kill you. I can't trust you people around yeah. my family. Okay, so I actually had the subtitles on for this scene, and they said his name was Grimwell. Did you see that? Yes. Okay. In the book, they do come across a family, Grimwell. Okay, so, so a, this a, happened? No, not in this way. Okay. Kind of in this way, but kind of not, if that makes sense. Like, they kind of changed everything a little bit. But I thought that was kind of cool. They're like, oh, hey, the Grimwells are in here. I kind of wish they had mentioned, like, actually spoken the name out loud. The yeah. only reason I caught on to that was because I had the yeah. subtitles on. It's just like Grimwell. I was like, what? They don't even say this guy's name, and they should have because... Well, I'm wondering if there was an extra scene with this family because there, oh. at one point Tom says he's going to perform for them. You're right. And I really wanted to see his performance, and that didn't happen. That so didn't happen. I wonder if they In cut the book, some stuff. it does. There is a performance for the Grimwells. Oh, see. So I also was going to say something about that. Like, they never showed Tom perform for the Grimwells. Why Why did that not happen? Maybe they just And it didn't. actually wasn't Tom who performed from the Grimwells. In the book, it was Matt and Rand. <laughs> but either way, like, they could have kept it in. That would have been cool. Yeah. I think what I noted from this scene was that when the guy has his bow pointed at them, Matt's going for his dagger. Tom notices that. Yes. And then Rand steps in and he talks the guy down. Yeah. I like how honest Rand was being here and yes. kind and he was able to negotiate him down. And I wrote down, Matt looks suspicious. He does. He, I wouldn't trust him. I know his hand behind his back. Yeah. And, and then this farmer goes and is like, okay, yeah, I believe you, red-haired guy. Yeah. And another thing about this scene is, again, we see a lot of different cultures and, um, like, mi- blended families, I guess, or mixed culture, oh, yeah. mixed races. And I know that we had talked about how the two rivers should be more homogenous. Yeah. But in this scene, I, I started to think, well, I kind of like that they're doing this because... The world oh, was broken. Right. Everyone has been, all their cultures have been torn apart. Everyone's scattered. So they would. So when they, yeah, when they come back. together. Exactly. So that, That's a good explanation yeah. for it. And I do enjoy, I do enjoy the mixed cultures. So you get more of a feel that there's not so much of, like, this is one nation and we're, and people are separated, that they've all come together and. Because of this event that happened that's at the a good beginning point. of the age. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. That's a really good point. Um, there are a lot of really great cultures, though, in this book. And I hope I hope they do go into the details of each culture where they go into it. I'm sure they will. Because right now they're kind of just traveling and we don't get to see the different cities. Mm-hmm. I hope they spend some more time in the cities and we get to see these different cultures. Yeah. Well, they started a little bit with the, the tinkers, which is... That's true. Then we're back to Nynaeve and Leandrin. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leandrin's explaining the Blue Ajas again, that they're spies. You could tell she doesn't. She has a low opinion of them. And a very high opinion of herself. Yes. <laughs> and Nynaeve kind of calls her on that. And Land shows up and 
Landry goes to leave and she tells Nynaeve, there's this, you know, if you want to come chill with us, you're welcome. So again, I think she's trying to get her on her side. Yes, exactly. And Lance mentions that if they, when they get to the White Tower, if, you know, Rand and them are there, that they're going to find her friends. And she, yeah. I think they're, they're trying to build this relationship between Nynaeve and Lan, and, and she, they have to do yeah. it really quickly. But this is one of those times when she's like, oh, wow, he's going to keep his word. So yeah, you can see if she's, guy. yeah. Building that trust. Exactly. And I did like that Nynaeve recognized immediately that Leandrin is not someone she should trust. She calls yes. her a snake. Yep. She knew right away. I forgot to mention that uh, Leandrin talks a little bit about the Reds and how they're they're protecting the people of the world. It's their job. They're kind of like the law yeah. keepers. And they, she even mentions even from other Aes Sedai, yes. which I thought was like, ooh, she's out to get Moraine. And then, yeah, and then Lan offers his fire also. Yes. Nynaeve. So Nynaeve's almost got to make this choice. Do I want to trust Lan or should I go with this snake Leandrin? Which yeah. was an easy choice, exactly. obviously. <laughs> Um, and then we're back to Perrin and Egwene. They're kind of, I feel like this, their story is a little boring right now. But like it's kind of, I know that you'd mentioned that Perrin, he has this struggle between being a warrior and then not liking violence. Yes. And this scene is almost the beginnings of that, I guess, because he... The Tinker lady, who's, like, one of the leaders... Hila, I think, is her name. She mentions that they don't have any weapons. And they uh, they are the followers of the Leaf, the Way of the oh, Leaf. Oh, is this when we first learn about the Way of the Leaf? Yes. Okay. And they forswear all violence, is the word she uses. And she's she mentions that they don't have any weapons... And one of the things she brings up is an axe. Well, she says, well, have you ever touched a sword, a bow and arrow, an axe? And I think she sees Perrin react to that. So he kind of stops and Egwene puts her hand on his shoulder. I know, and she, she, Egwene, again, it seems seems like she knows what happened. You're right. Because he axed his wife. So I'm wondering if if they're trying to imply that she has this ability to, to feel things or to see things or maybe... Karen told her and yeah, they didn't right. show us that because she was like oh that you know that hurt a little bit I could tell <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> I noticed that as well and I think for Perrin it's not so much that the the struggle begins now I think Ela kind of speaks what he's feeling mm-hmm. and and he's yes. like this is exactly how I feel and he kind of connects with it but also he pushes against it so he doesn't really like what she says but also he's like I agree with what you say right I like when she says, um, uh, well, did your life get better or worse after picking up that axe? Mm-hmm. Obviously, it seems to have gotten much worse. Yes. <laughs> and and at this point, Dad, because we watch it together, he said, well, if he hadn't picked up that axe, he'd be dead and she'd be dead anyway. This is true. So his life would have been way worse. I'm like, well, Dad's not a follower of the leaf. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if I would be a follower of the leaf. I feel like I kind of am in a way because I don't like violence at all. Yeah. But at the same time, would I defend my family if there was violence coming towards us? I don't know. Would you be a follower of the leaf? What do you think? No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> I probably would would freak out and run and hide like Egwene did when the village was attacked. Yes. <laughs> like, oh, Michelle's got everybody under control. 
I'm over here hiding in the corner. With your ears closed, yeah, your eyes. Definitely, I think I would be a follower of the way of the leaf. <laughs> and I could even get, pull out the dreadlocks, I think. You've always wanted dreadlocks. I don't know why. I kind of like them. <laughs> they all had dreadlocks, didn't they? I know. I was like, oh, I'm kind of digging their style with the ponchos and the dreadlocks. They're just chilling. The inability to match their outfits. <laughs> that is... I, I fit in. I'm a tinker at heart. Oh, my God. <laughs> Enough about me being a tinker. Let's go on with the show with uh, Rebecca Rand and Matt and Tom. Yes, they're they're. I can't wait to hear your thoughts on this scene. This is um, the scene where Matt leaves the mucking out of the stables, and he's puking. Yes. What did you think of this? I noticed that the his vomit was like moving, and then it like slurps back into his mouth. Right? Did you see that? Yes, I definitely did. And I know what's going on. And I just want to know, like, what do you, how do you interpret it? I'm not going to tell you because that'd be the biggest spoilers. But I, what, how do you interpret this? Well, my initial thing is that the dagger is corrupting him. That he has that dagger from that that uh, cursed... Shadar Logoth. Yes. And that it, it's doing something evil to him. That's what I thought. Okay. And it was... Really, I was so... It was so gross. It was gross. And then the little girl comes out, and I'm like, why would you send your little girl to these what? creepers with a loaf of bread? Never. And, yeah. And they just come right back. I know they're a little, they, bit, little they, bit iffy. They even had a son, an older boy who could have right. done it. But the point was that this girl's going to remind Matt of his sisters, yes, yes. and that he has to get back to them, and he's still worried about his sisters. And... There was a point to it. Yes. And also, because I had the subtitles on again, I took your advice. I saw her name was Elsie. Elsie Grimwald was much older and had a thing for Rand in the book. Oh, <laughs> Not weird. this young little girl. <laughs> I thought that was a funny change, but like you said, it was to remind Matt of his sisters. Yes. And she had this little doll. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did she... For Brigitte? I don't remember. Because in my mind, in the book, I've always pronounced that name Bridget. It, it looked like Bridget. But she was pronouncing it Brigitte. When I saw it in the caption. I'm like, oh, wow. I'm going to stick with Bridget. It's much easier to say. <laughs> Wrong pronunciation. Um, and she had this little braid. I could tell you who Brigitte is. Or Bridget. It's a, a doll? Yeah. This The older girl still had a doll. No, 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 no. I'm just saying the doll, oh, the name of the doll is, a, is an important... Is it character or is it some lore? Lore. Okay. Want me to tell you the lore? Sure. She is um, a warrior from, like, it's not like the Age of Legends necessarily. She's just this warrior who keeps getting turned out through the wheel. Okay. Age after age. And she's always known for having a braid and a bow. So she's like this super archer woman. Cool. Who, like, is always in these great battles and gets turned out in the ages that need her the most. So you could tell the girl's really into her. Yeah, she's like this super powerful warrior woman. And there's other, like, um, warriors that get turned out over the ages together or separately, not always on the same age. So she's just one of these legendary heroes, basically. And I was like, oh, cool. She has this little Bridget doll or Brigitte. And her Bridget braid. Brigitte. And her Bridget braid. I'm just going to call her Bridget until I get used to saying Brigitte. <laughs> That's basically one of the big things I took away from that scene. Other than Matt was really grossing me out with his puke and his, like, I'm going to get real close to this little girl. I know. It was creepy. It was kind of creepy, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> but I, as creepy as it was, I did make a note that I really like this actor. 
and I'm sad because you said that he's not in season two. So yeah. I'm trying not to get super attached to him, but I, I think know. he's doing such a good job that he's I such a good Matt. I really like him. He looks how I pictured Matt first of all, almost identical to how I pictured him, minus the facial hair. And he acts so much like him. Like he's really good with kids in the book, and he just got he's capturing his essence. I'm not gonna grow attached to him either, though. Well, it's hard because he's he's so good. And I know. I hope the next actor does well. They're, I think they're filming season two right now. I guess we'll wait and see when they start releasing, like, mm-hmm. teasers and stuff. That doesn't even look like him. Oh, I think no. we decided they did look a lot alike, though. They do, the actors. They, they had to find someone who looks similar enough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, while this is happening with Matt and the girl, Tom is with Rand, and he's, we're, we kind of find out why Matt's been a grump. Like in the last episode, I said, why is he being so grunt, grouchy? Yes. And you said, well, this is part of his story arc. Um, and Tom starts telling Rand a story about his nephew, Owen, mm-hmm. and that he, too, became a grump. And then all of a sudden, he can start throwing rocks with his mind. Yes. And so, I guess he can channel his, his, his nephew. nephew was, Owen. Yes. And he, Tom mentions that the Dark One corrupted the One Power Gives us more for men only. Yeah. Which I thought was weird. Um, or, it's, it's something to do with, I, you think I would have this mes- memorized, but... Is this something, something we're going to learn? Probably. So I guess we'll just wait for them to clarify for real, but it's something to do with the way the, the Age of Legends back in the day before the breaking of the world. I'll okay. leave it at that, yes. because I'll probably get it wrong. And um, we don't want to spoil anything. No, and I don't want to spoil anything. You're right. Um, and he says that the Reds ended up taking the power from his gentling nephew. His ne- gentling. It's called gentling for men and stilling that for women. That sounds weird. <laughs> you got to make him gentle again, you know? <laughs> Take away the madness. And stealing for women? Is that stilling. What stealing. Still. Still. Stilling. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I guess when they do this, it makes people crazy because not his nephew, crazy. well, not crazy, but it sounded like depressed. Yes. Like they had this great power. They touched the power and then it's taken away from them and they don't want to live anymore because his nephew slits his own throat at the yeah. table. Um, so he's telling Rand that he's afraid that this is what's happening to Matt. He sees all the signs and Rand's like, no, Matt would tell me. Does he mean Matt would tell me if he could channel? Yeah. Okay. I think because they're such good friends. And they've never, yeah, he's never shown any signs before, I guess. Yeah. That's why I'm thinking it's more the dagger that is causing this, but I don't know. I will say when when you become a channeler, when you find out you can channel, like you're born with the ability to channel, Mm -hmm. it happens um, like later on in your years. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, like puberty so, kind yeah, of so thing? Yeah, so Matt would be about the right age to start this. Because they're aged up a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing they're making it more 20. But, yeah, more like 16, 17, 18. Suddenly you realize you have these abilities. Okay. So that would fit, actually. Um, also, no, never mind. I'm not going to also this. I'm going to let that go. That's okay. the end. Okay. I don't want to reveal too much because I, I don't want to spoil anything. But we do learn about Tom's motive behind wanting to be with these two. Exactly. Um, Which is, it's just, he, he just wants to save Matt from the, the same fate. The, because he, he wasn't able to save his nephew. Yes. And he has a lot of regret over and that. And he does say, um, we need to keep him away from the Aes Sedai. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, they're going to the White Tower. I know. I, I don't think Tom knows this. I don't think he knows this in but the Tom, show. But Tom, when they, uh, on the last episode, he said that he was going east, right? He didn't say where east. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, and they've changed a little bit about this, but yeah, that's all the same from the book. Tom's motive to be with this group and protect them. Um, it was a 
little less clear because they're kind of rushing the story mm-hmm. a lot. <laughs> I think I checked the book and they're like oh, oh half over halfway through the book, first book right now. Oh, so maybe they're going. This is going to be more than one book in one. I think yeah. I'm season if they're gonna stretch it we're, beyond. Well, we're halfway. No, we're halfway through the, through the season. season Already, so. I'm so gonna be so sad when it's over. I know it's so quick. Like I'm guessing that. next season will be more episodes if this season so. goes well. I hope so. Yeah. I feel like the season's going well. Hey guys, so we ended up talking a long time for this episode. So long that we could only record one part one day and another the other day. Um, the holidays and babies kind of just got in the way. So we are hoping to put out this first part on Monday and the second part no later than Wednesday. We're so sorry, but we're working as hard as we can and as fast as we can. So hope you enjoy this part and we'll have the second part for you soon.